Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. It's going to cost you to serve God. Micah gives the truth. What happens? Jailed with bread and water. Now, from man's viewpoint, looks like the wrong thing. But it's going to cost you to serve God. It's going to cost us sometimes just simply to take a stand. Realize it. Don't listen to the prosperity junk that says everything fine and life is good. And if you have enough faith, nothing difficult will happen to you. You'll have a lot of money, never sickness, whatever. Don't listen to that junk. It's going to cost you some time to serve God. When you hear about some particularly horrible crimes, it can be hard to imagine that the guilty party could ever come back from a life of darkness and evil. We tend to rank sins, especially when some sinful actions radiate outward and harm others. But even those who seem hopelessly lost can find redemption through the Father. He does it for us all the time. We think we're in a comfortable place in our walks with Him, only to have our own transgressions inevitably come to light. In our study today, we'll see a king who had been seeking the Lord take a step away. The Lord knows it will go badly, but will offer grace when that king once again calls out to him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 39, for our continuing study entitled, Unequally Yoked. All the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. Attack Ramoth, Gilead, be victorious, for the Lord will give it to the king's hand. What, what a picture. You see what peer pressure causes. Everybody here wanted to be a men pleaser. They wanted to jump on the bandwagon. Notice Luke 6.39, it says this, Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? So you got 400 ungodly prophets prophesying together. Blind people are going to lead a blind leader into a pit. You're going to see that principle later. Now, what does that mean to us? If you follow a spiritually blind teacher, you will go down the wrong path. So, as you're serving God over time, as you're watching, quote, Christian TV, whatever, as you're listening to me, if something sounds a little strange... Check it out. You need to check out what I teach. You definitely need to check out Christian TV. And just get your Bible open and check it out. Because much of what is on there is not Christian. It's just man blabbing. has nothing to do. I heard a guy the other night I was watching, he was talking about him being a prophet and whatever. And probably was going to go out of business because, you know, some of the things were wrong. And then God called him back. I mean, some bizarre stuff. Just be careful. This is our guide. Right here. Plenty in it. Get us from here to heaven. And after heaven. The word of God will never pass away. Verse 12. Now the messenger had gone to summon Micah, said to him, Look, as one man, the other prophets, are predicting success for the king. So he's trying to give him a little QT. You haven't been around here, but the other 400 prophets back home. Now, when you come into the king's presence, let me tell you what the 400 as one man are saying. In other words, you like your neck? 
Get ready. Here's what you're going to have to do. Look what he says. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. Now, would there be any pressure for any of us? Sure there would be. Look at verse 13. I like where it starts. What's it start with? But. Whenever you see an old but at the beginning of a sentence, that's sometimes good, sometimes bad. This case, it's very good. But, Micah said, as surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what my God says. You might want to write that verse. This is the definition of a godly pastor. This is what a man of God, a teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, that's their key. They are only to say what God says. That means we stay truth. We stay on key. Not man's idea. Now, sometimes when I teach, I'll give you my idea. That's okay, because there's some gray areas where we don't have definitive things. But when God says it's like this, a man of God is going to say it like this. And as a Christian, you and I should be saying the same things. Now, write this down. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1-5. through 5. Let me read it to you quickly. You don't have to turn there. By the way, right by that verse in, in 2 Chronicles 18, 13, you, you might want to write there, just tell it like it is. Just tell it like it is. That's, that's what we should be doing. Just simply tell it like it is. Let me read to you 2 Timothy. In the presence of God, Timothy, Paul speaking to Timothy, who will judge the living and the dead, in the view of his appearing, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Not a word. Not man's word but the Word of God. That's what we want to be teaching. Now, he says the reason you have to do that is because there'll be a time come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to, to uh, suit their own desires, they'll gather men around them, uh, those around them, great teachers, to say what their itching ears want to hear. This is what Ahab wanted. I only want to hear, yes, go to war. Don't give me anything else. So this is what we're going to have in end days. We're going to have people saying, just give me what I want to hear. For instance, many people come to church today and all they want is a feel-good church. Don't you ever address sin. Don't address adultery, fornication, cults, how dare you. No, we have to teach what the Word of God says. Now, on the other hand, I love a feel-good relationship with God. One of these weeks, I'm going to talk about joy and laughter in the book of Proverbs. If you're a Christian and, you know, you, you, you kind of major in lemons, <laughs> we're going to pray that you get changed because that's no good. One of the things that attracts people is a Christian that's full of God's joy. It's not about the number of people. It's people just excited about worshiping God. You can sense the spirit here, can't you? That's why people are here. And it's not because we're sourpusses. Because of the joy of the Lord's our strength, praise God. So we don't want the itching ears. We just want to hear what God says. Verse 14. Now when he arrived, the king asked him. I can imagine him saying, okay, Micah, shall we go to war or shall I refrain? Look what he says. Attack and be victorious, for they will be given into your hand. Now I don't know how he said that. But he had to say it kind of like this. Attack, attack, go go ahead, attack, 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 yeah. Something isn't right. He's, you see, there's humor, there's humor in the Bible. 
I mean, there's great humor in the Bible. People want to be, he's going, you know, winky, 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 tongue and cheek, 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 attack, 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 go ahead, man, go for it, baby, I'm 401, go for it. Well, notice verse 15. The king knew something's wrong. The king said to him, how many times must I make you to swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? So he knows what? Something's wrong. He says, come on, Micah. You've never told me anything I want to hear before. This cannot be the first time. Now, this is really a sad picture. You see, the king wants to know the real will of God. And yet, he doesn't want to know the real will of God. Do you know we can be like that? I want to know the will of God until sometimes I'm given the will of God. And then I want to have my own will because I didn't like what he chose. So we have to be careful in our lives not to become like this. Ahab wants to do his own thing and yet he really wants to serve God. How many people go from church to church to counselor to counselor until they find someone that says, you can do that. It's okay. What a disaster. We don't want to hear what man says. We want to hear what God says. So we have to be careful we don't fall into the same picture. We must know the truth. We must know what God wants us to do, and then we must simply do what he wants to do. Remember, God's will for us is good. God is going to say to him here, don't go to war. But he wants to go to war. He might be saying to you tonight, don't buy the house. Don't change jobs. Don't get into that relationship when I really want to, God. All right. Go ahead, and we'll see that in a moment. Dangerous place to be. Verse 16. Then Micah answered. He's going to give him the real truth now. The winking has stopped. I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, These people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. God spoke to Micah, and Micah spoke to the people. God told Micah the future. Do you know tonight that God knows your future? He knows my future. There is nothing hidden to God. So when I ask him about his, my will, his will for my life, in this area that's here, he absolutely knows what's ahead. He knows what the best choice is. He knows if I don't take that choice because he's all-knowing, he already knows what step I'm going to take. He even knows if I'm going to obey or not. Now, he doesn't make me do it. Still free choice. You remember, Jesus Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. Before Adam and Eve sinned, God knew Adam and Eve would sin. Didn't make them do it, but he just knew what they do. He knows our future. So Mike is saying to him, Hey, you know what I see? The sheep are on the field, but there's no shepherd. They're all gone. And they're coming home because there's no leader. Well, who is the shepherd? Ahab. So he's saying to him, not a very good thing. Now, God is still speaking today, by the way. And he speaks through his word. You know that. I won't have time to go through that with. But whenever God speaks, it will always agree with his word. Don't go on man's ideas. You go on God's word. Verse 17. Now the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you? that he never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad. Isn't that amazing? We look at this guy, but sometimes we're the same way. God, 
That wasn't what I wanted. God says, no, but you don't want to go down that route. Micah continued, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the... This is a very strange passage. I saw the Lord sitting on the throne with all the host of heaven, standing on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, who will entice Ahab, king of Israel, into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death there? One suggested this and another. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. By what means? asked the Lord. Well, I will go, verse 21, and be a lying spirit in the mouths of all of his prophets, he said. You will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. You see, here's what happens. We don't understand totally all of this passage, but we do know that Satan has access to God. Now that will change in Revelation. You remember when we went through the Revelation, that will change. But right now, Satan has access to God. We know that with Job. How far can you take Job? Well, here's as far as you can go. So in this passage, Ahab has already hardened his heart against God. And so God says, I'm going to allow you, Ahab, to be deceived. Now, God isn't deceitful. God isn't the one that's lying. But he allows Satan and a messenger from Satan to come and deceive Ahab and all 400 prophets. Now, what does that mean? Understand what I'm going to say. Satan is still really a servant of God's. Satan cannot do anything that God doesn't allow him to do. That's hard for us to understand. Now, I don't know that anybody understands some of these passages. When we get to heaven, we'll see a little clear in some of these areas. But God knew, and he allowed this evil spirit to come and entice and lie to all of these areas. Now, the other thing you have to remember is this. Romans eight twenty eight. God uses all things for good. So he can use however he wants. And this is how he did. He Remember, he allowed Satan to come to Job and bring tragedy, kill all of his family and all that stuff. He allowed that because he wanted to see what Job's heart was like. Job came through with fine colors. Some of his friends and wife didn't do too well, but he did. So God is in control. Satan is not in control. And God can use Satan even for his own things. And he does in this particular case. Now, Ahab kept that. Listen to this principle. Very important. Ahab kept asking for his own will. Look at this verse. Psalm 106, verse 15. 106, verse 15. And it says this, And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. So what does that mean? It means this. If you and I keep asking against God's will, there are times... He'll just say this, okay, it's all yours. But what we're going to get is not what we want. So don't go against God. There it is. Don't go against God. Don't harden your heart against God. You say, well, I really want to go there. I really want this job, and I really want to date this gal or this guy or whatever, and I need this promotion, and I'm going to... Don't do it. Because sometimes he'll give it to you, but with that comes leanness of soul. Verse 23, Then Zedekiah... Senekenaniah went up and slapped Micah in the face. 
So here's one prophet slapping another. Which way did the Spirit of the Lord go when he went from me to speak to you, he asked. Micah replied, in other words, how are you going to prove this is what God really said? Micah says this, you will find out on the day you go to hide in an inner room. The king of Israel then ordered, take Micah and send him back to Ammon, the ruler of the city, and Joash, the king's son, and say this, and say, this is what the king says, put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I safely return. Now Micah probably didn't like that last part of the sentence, until I safely return, because he knows he ain't coming back. Now, how long am I going to be on bread and water here? He ain't coming back. Well, look at Micah. Micah declared, if you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken to me. Now, that's standing up for what you believe, isn't it? Whew. If you come back, it wasn't God, it was me. Then he added, mark my words, all you people. And in other words, you see who the true prophet of God was. So Micah responds a positive way. Now, something very important, it's going to cost you to serve God. Micah gives the truth, what happens? Jailed with bread and water. Now, from man's viewpoint, looks like the wrong thing. But it's going to cost you to serve God. It's going to cost us sometimes just simply to take a stand. Realize it. Don't listen to the prosperity junk that says everything fine and life is good and you know, if you have enough faith, nothing difficult will happen to you. You'll have a lot of money, never sickness, whatever. Don't listen to that junk. It's going to cost you some time to serve God. But remember, it costs you more not to serve God. We'll see that. If you want to study that, just study. Here's some homework for you. Hebrews 11. Just reread it this week. See those great heroes of faith. See if it cost any of those boys and ladies anything to serve God. Verse 28, so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will enter the battle in disguise, but you must wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself went into battle. Now what, what's happening here? Ahab's saying one thing on the one side of his mouth and acting on a different way on the other side. He's thinking, this guy's probably right. So I'm not wearing the kingly robes. I'm going to disguise myself so they won't get the wrong guy. Uh, Jehoshaphat, put on your godly robes there. Nice guy. Nice guy, isn't he? When he does this, notice, we're strange. Man's plans will fail. What's he trying to do? He's trying to run from God. He's trying to disguise the real him. He's trying to think that he's got this plan. I'm going to wear this garb. I'm going to go here. The other king, Jehoshaphat's going to have the royal robes on. If there's any truth to Micah's thing, they're going to kill him. I'm safe. Your plan, my plan, will never work. You'll see in a moment, God has his own plan. So he goes against God's plan. By the way, you also cannot run from God. If you're here tonight and you're trying to disguise yourself as a Christian, really believe, well, I've been baptized whatever, as a kid, and, you know, and you're trying to disguise yourself as a real... You're playing games. You cannot hide from God. Ask Jonah. We can't hide from the Garden of Eden. You can't hide from God. Stand for Jesus Christ. Verse 30. Now the king of Aram had ordered the chariot commanders, and here's the king of the enemy, Syria, do not fight with anyone, small or great, except the king of Israel. Who gave this Syrian commander this plan? Who, who said to the enemy king, only go after the king of Israel? God did. He says, this is the man I want. 
Verse 31, Now when the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they thought, this is the king of Israel. They thought it was King Ahab. So they turned to attack him, but Jehoshaphat cried out. And the Lord, because he had made an unholy alliance, said, too bad, Jehoshaphat. You've blown it. I'm punishing on the spot. So what happens? Right by that verse, you want to write in big letters, verse 31 and 32, grace of God. It says, he cried out, and the Lord helped him, and God drew them away. For when the chariot commander saw that he was not the king of Israel, they stopped pursuing him. I love those verses. When I'm wrong, when I've sinned, when I've entered into an unholy alliance, when I've gone against God, when I get in a bad spot, I can still call for God's help. And what will God do? He'll come to my rescue. Now that's the grace of God. He said, well, I don't, I don't like that. You better like it, because we need it. I need it all the time. You see, we would say, why would he help him? What a dummy got himself in that place. That's why it's called grace, unmerited favor. And that's what we teach. Now, we teach God's judgment, but I give it an extra dose of God's grace, because I need it. So that means anybody here tonight, you're away from God, well, I've gone too far. Come on home. Call out for God's help. He'll take you back. Get you started. Headed on the right road again. That's grace. That's why we can always bring our friends, whoever they are. It doesn't matter what they've done. God will give them another start. I'm so glad for that. Now, verse 33. But someone drew his bow at random. You can circle at random and just scratch it out. (laughs) There are no coincidences or accidents with God. Now, to this man, it was at random. But with God, it's totally planned. God knew about guided missiles before they were created. He's got the most sophisticated computerized guidance system on this arrow that you've ever seen. Look it. And it hit the king of Israel between the sections of the armor. Now, sharpshooter, this guy just a random, bing, it goes right between the place. The king told the chariot driver, wheel around, I like it, do a wheelie, and get me out of this fighting. I've been wounded. You can't change God's will. God's will is going to come to pass. God had prophesied what? Ahab, you go into the battle, you're going to be killed. Doesn't matter what you're wearing. Doesn't matter how you're running. Doesn't matter what material you have on. You can't change God's will. You cannot escape, listen, the judgment of God. Hebrews says this. We're appointed to live once and after death, judgment. You don't like to hear that, but I just talked about grace, so we have to balance it. There's a judgment coming. Grace now, judgment later. Verse 34, all day... All day long, the battle raged, and the king of Israel propped himself up in the chariot facing the Armenians or the Syrians until evening. Then at sunset, he died. What do we talk about? The prophet predicted Ahab would die. The shepherd or leader of the people would die, leaving them without a leader. Ahab reigned from God. God will die. The wages of sin is, is death. Is death. Is death. 
When it becomes clear that both Israel and Judah's armies would be overcome in battle, Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord. Even though he had made a covenant with an unbelieving king, God reached out his hand and spared Jehoshaphat. Pastor Mark reminded us of the important fact that no matter what we or others have done, there is grace offered us when we turn from sin and seek to follow Him. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives, and we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll come to chapter 19 of Second Chronicles, when Jehoshaphat returns from battle after joining forces with a rebellious king. After his mistakes in that matter, he will go out to the people and encourage a faithful observance of their covenant with God, which is what he should have been doing all along. He will continue to be tested with difficult battles, but builds a faith that won't break. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Second Chronicles. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 